Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody, you are listening to Mental Fitness Matters. I'm your host, Tracy Austin, and this show is designed to provide you with tips, strategies, and solutions to improving your mental health and mental fitness and community. I am beyond excited and honored to bring my guest to the station today. Um, I have somebody with me whose spirit, whose soul, whose energy is so bright and vibrant. Every time we connect and link up, it's just, it's fun. It feels good. And I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know this individual um, just virtually over the last couple of months. And I am so thankful that she has agreed to spend an hour with us. We get an hour of her time today. So this is going to be a two-part show. So make sure you stay tuned. But I have alongside me today, my sister, my journey sister, Latisse Crawford. She is a recording artist, certified life coach, and the founder of Whole Life. Best known as a finalist on season two of BET's hit show, Sunday's Best, Latisse Crawford is finding new ways to expand her ministry outside of the music industry. Rather than reinventing herself, she's changing the game by using her platform to share her testimony, not only through song, but as an advocate for mental and emotional well-being. And as we all know, we need that right now more than ever. Latisse's transparency about her struggles as a single mother, as well as her battle with mental and emotional health, has encouraged others on their healing journey as well. After a long battle with depression and social anxiety, Latisse decided to take her power back by going on a healing journey, which led her to whole life. Founded in March 2020, Latisse's mission with whole life is to empower women to walk in their power and freedom. Community, let's welcome to the show, Latisse Crawford. Hey, sis, so good to see you. I cannot thank you enough for being with me today. How are you doing? Jesus, I am good. I'm so excited to be here. We've been waiting to do this for forever. Yes, <laughs> we have. We have really been waiting to do this forever. I would love um, because we have a little time. If you would just share with our audience, give us a little insight into who you are, some of your journey, um, whether you grew up in music or not. But tell us a little bit about you and, and your journey. I promise you every time I'm asked this question and I'm asked it a lot. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much in advance somebody tells me they're going to ask me. Every time I'm asked, I freeze like, okay, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I am like, (laughs) I think because as a kid, you know, you're always taught, especially as a Christian, like, you know, be humble. Don't talk about yourself too much. You know, so doing this has always, you know, put me kind of in the spotlight to say, well, who are you? I am probably the most introverted extrovert that exists <laughs> ever in life. Like I love being around people and I could be the quietest in the room and the loudest in the room at the same time. It is really hilarious. I don't know how in the world I figured that out and balance it, but <laughs> it works. Um, I love to laugh. I'm a mom of an 11 year old boy. He is my, the joy of my life. Singer, songwriter, um, actress, model, and life coach. Um yes. My journey, I, I, I've had an interesting one, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty involved one. You know, I don't consider myself to be, you know, too old, not too, too young either, but I've lived a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of life and a lot of life experiences. Um, growing up, uh, my family was definitely musical. Um, 
always singing around the house. Everyone sang or played an instrument on both sides of the family. And my family was very, very large. They all grew up together. So my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family were often together in one space. And I mean, at any given time, it could have been 500 of us in one space, you know what I mean? Anywhere around. Um, But we were always singing and, you know, playing and my cousins would be on the the instruments and, you know, we'd be singing and everything else. we didn't really have a choice to sing, you know, or to play. And my grandmother always felt like y'all going to do something in church. And, and, and if you can't sing, you, you just, you're going to stand there and act like you can. You're going to testify. You're going to do something. My grandmother was an opera singer. And so, <laughs> um, you know, and her kids, you know, were the same way. She didn't give them kind of that choice. And so singing, you know, was always, and music in general was always something that was a part of my life, a part of our healing process, a part of our um, time together. You know, that's how we got through. That's how we we laughed. That's how we lived. That's how we processed. Wow. That's powerful. That's amazing. That's amazing. So would you say for you kind of just growing up in that, did you just begin to envision yourself just doing this as part of your life path, life journey? Or was there a point in and growing up in your childhood in the church that it became clear that I'm going to continue to do this? I enjoy this. I'm good at it. I didn't want to sing at all. Well, no, it's not that I didn't want to sing. I never wanted to be in the industry. This was never going to be my profession ever or my ministry. I wanted to stay so far away from ministry as possible because I was like, it is hard enough for me to get myself into heaven. I don't want to be responsible for helping nobody else do that. I grew up in a a family where the majority of people were pastors or ministers or, you know, um, my my, my dad was a pastor. My mom was pregnant. Just seeing that struggle, I was like, Lord, I see what you're doing for others and I don't want that. Like, don't don't do it for me, Jesus. Hold that blessing. I don't want that. Um, So I I, I sang in church, like I said, because we didn't have a choice. That was what, you know, if that was the gift God gave you that was the gift that you used mm-hmm. but um I was an introvert like I said and I didn't ever want to be in a position where um I had to be in front of people if I didn't want to be in front of people and so when I went on Sunday best um I I went there to make everybody leave me alone about singing like I'm gonna go there no one's my voice had changed as well I had went through this five year out of not really even being able to talk being able to speak And anybody who knows me, they know I love to talk. So to not be able to speak for almost five years because my voice would just get so hoarse, I would have to write stuff out. And it went on for a long time. Nothing was wrong with my voice. I think God was really trying to give me an appreciation for my gift. And so he shut me up. And when I realized I couldn't do it, I started writing. Um, I wanted to sing. And I was like, God, if you just give me back just a snippet of whatever, you know, that is, I'll take that. And he gave it back in this form, in this version, this raspy thing, um, as a reminder that, it's nothing without him. Mm-hmm. And so I went on Sunday best thinking, I'll just go on and, you know, they won't want me there. My voice is not what these people's voices are. And um, they'll just send me home. And that didn't happen. I got I made it through <laughs> to the competition. I made it to a runner up. Yeah. And afterwards, a record deal was being offered. And every step of the way, I always said, OK, that's cool. But this is not going to be my main job. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to just go back to my job. That's how I thought probably for about eight years. <laughs> it just kept happening. Yes. And here we are, you know, 13, almost 14 years later, and it's still happening. Wow. Um, so I think God just had a different plan than the plan that I had for myself above 
you know, what I could imagine or think. Yes. And for you to just continue to just stay the course and listen and continue on with the journey and the path. How would you say that it's been for you as you're kind of in this place, in this space as a celebrity and as and dealing with especially being an introvert and having to be out in the public eye? Um, how did that impact you from a mental, social, emotional health perspective? How was that? Did you have to work hard to protect your space and your time and everything around you? Being a person who suffered really badly from social anxiety, um, it was really hard for me at first. When I went on Sunday Best, you know, most people, my, my mom would see me, you know, singing and she'd go, you look like you're not even there. And I'd go, I'd ha- I have to, like, I had to literally, like, almost create a Sasha Fierce yeah. inside. And so, like, when I would put lashes on, I wasn't Latisse Crawford. I was somebody else. I don't know who that was, but I was that person that was just there to do what I was there to do and then leave. Um and so I did that, you know, for a while. But after the show, I, I, I remember I was standing in front of L.A. Fitness and I, you know, I wasn't made up or anything like that. I had my hoodie on and, you know, my jogging pants and everything else. And I was on the phone with my mom and a guy walks up to me from behind and he's like, uh, Latisse. And I'm like, you know, I'm a New York girl, so I'm I'm forgetting I was on TV. I'm like, <laughs> how you know me? And he's like, you were on Sunday best. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And he says, um, his his father used to abuse his mother, and the father killed the mother. And so the brother killed the father and then went to jail, killed himself. And then his other brother found out about everything and killed himself. And he was in the process of trying to kill himself. And he said to God, if you send someone, no, he said to God, I need you to save me. Cause if you don't save me, I'm going to get in. And he said that right then I came on TV. He just happened to turn on BT and I was on singing, reach out and touch somebody's hand. Wow. And he said it ministered to him. And he said to God that day, if I ever get the chance to meet her, I'll turn my life you Ooh. know, completely over to Christ. And wow. that day he saw me and he said that he was going to church the next Sunday. It's just instances like that. You know, someone, uh, someone's daughter coming up to me at a concert and telling me my dad you know, locked himself in a house so he would not go on a a, a drug binge mm-hmm. so that he can come here to see you tonight. That kind of stuff was like, okay, wait a minute. This is bigger than me. Yeah. This this has purpose, you know, and knowing that there was purpose, I realized that I, it's not about me. Like, I can't let this thing hold me back so much that I don't help to save other people. I have to use it. Wow. And so that became you know, the purpose and the way that I was able to kind of overcome it. I still deal with it. You know, every time I say yes to something, I have this little 10 minute moment of like, why did I say yes to that? I shouldn't have said yes to that. I shouldn't have. Been, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have this moment. Yeah. But then I remember that purpose. I don't know what I may say mm-hmm. that may save someone from taking their life. I don't know what I may say to make somebody believe in the land of the living again. I don't know what I may say to give somebody hope, you know, again. And so here I am. You know, um, it's not my life. You know, my life is here for me to, you know, be a vessel to other people. Uh, That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. I've literally had chill bumps as you were saying that. And with so much going on right now in the way of, you know, mental health and suicide and people being at higher risk, our youth numbers in mental health issues rising. um, I think you sharing that just now, how 
just being in your space and place, being obedient to the call on your life and just going anyway, despite that fear or the anxiety on the inside of you, being able to push through and connected to somebody else's purpose path. I mean, that's powerful. You know, we are all connected in more ways than we really know. And so thank you for sharing that story. And I think as people hear you saying that now um, and hearing your voice, hopefully that gives hope that if you're out there listening, you know, there's somebody that is working on themselves and going through their journey and you guys may cross paths and you may be the light. You may be the voice. You may be the person they see on the TV or the news that they need to connect with. So thank you for sharing that story. Talk a little bit about as we get into mental health and mental fitness, I love to kind of ask the questions about when when I'm talking to people, what they describe mental fitness as. Um, But before we do that, has there been a mental health or uh, emotional health challenge that you would consider one of the biggest challenges of your life thus far or of your career? And how did you bounce back and get through it? I'm still bouncing. You know, I think um, I always, you know, make sure to tell people healing should always have an ING behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I don't believe in the ED. It is never final. It's never finished. It is continual. And it is something you have to do and work towards every single day. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, it was over the last, you know, four years. I lost both of my parents in a in a very short you know, time span. My dad passed at the end of 2017. And then I went on a tour for, I think, three months. By the time I came back, my mother had stage four cancer. Mm. Literally the day of the day it ended, I got home. I went to the doctor with her. She had stage four cancer. It was a year of trying to take care of her and, you know, make sure she was okay. And then she passed, you know, so it was and my parents were like they were young. You know, they had us very young. So they were young. My mother was 63 when she died. My father was 61 when he passed. So going through that, you know, um, my father and I, you know, we had a very, you know, unique relationship. And so when he passed, it was this almost, um, I don't want to say relief, but it was like, he, he's, he's okay now. Mm-hmm. You know, he was very, very sick, um, struggled as well, you know, with some mental stuff and everything and his mental health and emotional health. And I think for all of us, it was like, he, he's finally settled. He's finally healed. And it was a breathing thing. My mother, on the other hand, who had not been dealing with, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, we thought she would get the miracle. We thought that she would, you know, so it was, it was really the the first time in my life that I was like forced into really believing, yeah. you know, the promise of heaven and the gain and death that we talk about and we encourage everybody else with. Yeah. Um, I, I had to believe it now, you know, and, you know, work still had to happen. You know, things still had to happen. I still had to show up for my son, but I also realized that I'm a priority in my life. And I had to be very present in how I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I had decided to go on a healing journey after my father passed. And so to be trying to go through one, then your mother gets sick, then your mother passes. And then, a, you know, a, a pandemic comes the like the day after the funeral, right? With this whole new normal within a new normal and trying to heal you know, and get myself into a better mental space in the midst of that. But I think what it taught me, like I said, was that I had to prioritize myself. I couldn't be a mother until I could be me. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't I couldn't be anything else to anybody else. And so, you know, I didn't necessarily shut the, the world out. I wasn't building, you know, putting up walls. I started building rooms mm. and it was like, OK, no, you know, I am a 
a home and I have to build rooms in the home to understand how to properly position everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. What can I do now? What can I not do now? And I'm not apologizing for it. You know, I stopped saying, sorry, I couldn't do it was I couldn't do that because I didn't mind saying why, but I wasn't going to apologize for something that I gave other people permission to do when they needed it. Mm -hmm. It was my turn and I was going to take it. And, um, you know, fortunately, I have a great village around me. Um, the industry doesn't always understand, mm -hmm. you know, um, but my my own tragedy led me to whole life, you yeah. know, in the sense of me getting whole life and in the sense of me trying to help other people, you know, get it as well. I had to learn how to be a better cook in my own kitchen, mm -hmm. you know, and how to formulate a recipe that worked for me and that I wanted to continue to use, you know, moving forward. Um, I love that and, analogy. You know, that, that was, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and did you, so let's back up there for a moment, because I think as you're just kind of describing that and you and I have shared, we have a similarity there. I lost my mom as well. And so our connection runs deep in that. As you talk about just the busyness of your schedule, life is going on. People may understand people don't, but they still have expectations of you, right? You're still a mom. You're still supposed to be out here singing and writing and recording and all these other responsibilities. How did you know or was it something that just had to happen when to say no, when to take a break, when to create these rooms in the home? Was there something or moment in time that you felt like I got to I got to shift? I got to do something different. What was that? What was that like? What was that messaging? First, it, it was, you know, something as simple as your your expectation is not my obligation. Just because it's something that yeah. you want of me, it does not mean that I have to be that you know, to make you happy. You know, that's not my job. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think for myself, just me giving myself permission for that, mm -hmm. you know, and not feeling like, like I, I just started to look at what my schedule looked like in a day. And I had everybody else on my calendar except me. Like I didn't even have time that if I needed 10 minutes to cry. So it started there just like, okay, you're going to schedule from 2.30 to 2.40 that that's your time to just grieve and cry. And if you just need to sit in the bed, if you just need to breathe, if you just need to go in the bathroom and scream, if you need to punch a pillow, whatever that is, mm -hmm. that 10 minutes is yours. And when I, when I realized how important that time was for me so that I could, so I could be present and could show up for other people. I started taking it more yeah. like, you know what? Now I'm going to take a day. Yeah. Now I'm going to take a week, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> that that's really what it was. And I felt like, you know what? My parents died. We are mourning them, but our lives are still going on. And so the same thing will happen to me if I'm not here to do it mm -hmm. because you're not respecting what I need. You know, if, if I if I wasn't here to do it, you'd figure it out. Even mm -hmm. with my son, you know, when he's at his dad's house, I'm like, oh, you cook yourself all these wonderful. My son can cook. Yeah. And I'm like, you cook all these elaborate meals, but you home and you're used to mommy doing it. So, you know what? I'm just not going to get up and do it. I'm just going to sit. I'm going to sit here and do what I'm doing. And let's see how long you sit there and you're hungry. Yeah. You're 11. Yeah. You don't have to starve, even if it's something, you know, I keep all kinds of healthy options in the house. So it's not like I'm like heat up a TV dinner. It's like I literally make my own TV dinners at home. Like right. Whenever I make the dinner, I put them in little compartments. I freeze them, pop one in the microwave, pop one in the oven. There are options here for you that I don't have to be on 24 hours of a day. Mm -hmm. I can shut off mm -hmm. because if I wasn't here, everybody would figure it out. Yeah. Everybody would move on at some point. And so I think when I started realizing that, like I said, just how important I was yeah. and I was making everybody else more important than me. And it was like, now, hold on for a second. 
you know, and then, you know, I, I was having like all these, I was, I was just like, I think in a way trying to blame everyone else for what I wasn't feeling or getting, you know, for myself. And then I heard something where someone said, uh, imperfect, uh, not imperfections. Uh, well, imperfections. Yes. But also insecurities. It starts with an I. Yeah. So it was like, I have to worry about internally first and then everything else around me will make sense. And so that's what I did. I made everything about me. No, it's not you doing this to me. It's me letting you do it. Absolutely. I'm going to stop that. I love it. I love it. So many nuggets in what you're saying there. And one of the biggest things that I'm hearing is the ability to step back and recognize that, wait a minute, everybody is on the calendar but me. Everybody is on the calendar but me. And it's our responsibility to put ourselves there because nobody else will, especially if they're getting your time. They're getting your time. They're getting the attention. They're getting everything they need from you. But being able to step back and prioritize your schedule, your routine, your life in a way to say, you know what? I'm nowhere to be found on here. Now I am. Now I want more. Now I'm going to schedule this, that and the third. It's, It's so important. And as we're as a community, let's hear that making ourselves a priority in everything that we do, because it's necessary. It's necessary. And we're going to get into whole life. We're going to get into whole life and what you're doing and how you're living your whole life and how you're inspiring others to do the same. Um, anything you want to share before we take a break, before we go to the next segment here, um, there's a lot of things going on for you right now in terms of just the pandemic. And has that been a challenge with being able to record and write? And how has COVID impacted you in terms of the work in the field that you're in? Um, it's affected me greatly. You know, I definitely will not even try to sugarcoat that and just say, oh, you know, it's okay because I found a new method. No, it, it has affected me greatly. Um, it's only but so much you can do, you know, in the music field virtually, you know, because the whole thing is about people seeing you and being being able to come to a show, you know, performing. And so it definitely has. But I will say that it created another avenue for me, you know, as far as, as being a mental health advocate, you know, and, and, and kind of getting out of the box of like this one trick pony, like, oh, she's a singer. I'm more than that. You know, I can do more than that. And so I think that it's open for me, it's definitely opened up a new space for me in ministry that I was trying to run away from and deny for a very long time. Like, I'm not doing that. And now I'm like, oh, look at me doing it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I keep telling God, like, I don't want money. Every time I say I don't want something, he's like, here, take it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad that you're in this space because um, now more than ever, we need people like you, your celebrity, your status, your your connections, your reach, your audience, your influence and your passion around mental health, mental and emotional well-being, your voice. It's it's making a difference and it will continue to make a difference. And it's going to continue to allow us to have these conversations that are going on every single day that we're not addressing. We're not talking about we're in families and we have family histories. We have things that are just there, but nobody's talking about them, you know. And so this era of conversation around mental health, self-care, setting boundaries, creating space and time for ourselves. It's getting louder and louder and louder. And I can't thank you enough for just being a part of that charge and and using your voice and your platform and and being willing to share your story and your testimony. Um, So what we're going to do, if you would like... You can tell people how to reach you, but we're coming back for part two so we can hold off on that if you like. But if just in case somebody doesn't make it for part two, tell them how they can reach you and how they can connect with you, Latisse. 
You all can connect with me by looking for Latisse Crawford. I know a lot of people like to look for Latrice. She cool, <laughs> but she's not me. I am Latisse, L-A-T-I-C-E Crawford. You can email me at wholelifecoachinglc at gmail.com if you want to inquire about, um, you know, life coaching services. Um, and you can follow me on all my social pages, like I said, by looking for Latisse Crawford. That's so awesome. Community, stay tuned. We're going to get into part two of this. We're going to discover what mental fitness means for Latisse. She's already talked a lot about some of the things that she's doing and some of those qualities and characteristics that are inside of her that she's making sure she puts out. But we're going to also talk more about Whole Life, her company, um, the birthing place from a challenge. One of the biggest challenges in her life has birthed something that she's pushing forward and sharing with others. So I cannot wait to go deeper with her in that. And I want my community to go out and shine bright like the stars that we are. Remember, self-care is not selfish. It's necessary. Make time for yourself. Create space for yourself. Put yourself on your calendar. It's not up for somebody else to do. Okay, this is for us to do as a community. We've got to continue to find ways that are serving us, that are nourishing our spirits and taking care of ourselves first. All right, community, I want you guys to go out, shine bright like the stars that you are. We'll see you next time. for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. for more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters. 